This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Starts running the news. Houston Astros break out the rules in the Bronx. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. He's gone! Touchdown! Brees Hall! Earlier on the show, host of the Greenlight Podcast, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long. Coming up, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, Patriots linebacker, Matthew Judon. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We will take your phone calls. We love it when you want to chat with us, whether you're watching us on the Roku channel for free on channel 210 on every Roku device there is or Samsung Smart TVs or Amazon Fire TVs or on the Roku app or on the RokuChannel.com. We greatly appreciate you listening to us on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Affiliate Group Coast to Coast. We also love you listening to us on Odyssey or Sirius Channel 218XM uh, and also the uh, the app as well. We appreciate all of you listening in to us and our Cumulus Podcast Network podcast 844-204-RICH number to dial matt judon will be on the show in hour number three i will be at the studio in the studio uh in the studio chair for the pregame and halftime of westwood one's coverage of monday night football tonight between the bears and patriots in new england lots to talk about as always here uh on a busy monday and one of our favorites is back here on the program and he is on peacock every single day before dan patrick's show and he's also the founder of Pro Football Talk. His book, Game Changers, is still a great uh, read. Uh, go get it. We're all books are sold. Mike Florio back here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How are you, Mike Florio? Rich, doing great, pal. Great to talk to you again. You got it. Right back at you. Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, which one is wondering why did I resign here? Which one is both? wondering that? I think, I think we can say both. I think they both have to be asking themselves, what have I done for different reasons. For Rodgers, look, I think the problem in Green Bay happened late last year when they knew Devontae Adams was about to be a free agent, and they didn't put an offer on the table that he couldn't and wouldn't refuse. They let the process get too close to the end. They gave him too much of an opportunity to decide he wanted to leave and go play for the Raiders, and it was too late to do anything about it. When they signed him to his initial extension, at some point late in his fourth NFL season, they did it before he could get a taste of what it would mean to play elsewhere. I think they should have done everything they can to keep him around because this offense can't function the way it needs to without a presence 
who commands extra attention, who Rodgers trusts completely, and he hasn't put in the time. Rodgers hasn't put in the time. Tony Dungy told a great story last night on a video that we did after halftime of the Steelers-Dolphins game, and it just shows you what Aaron Rodgers isn't doing to get this new receiving core sufficiently comfortable and to a point where he can trust them. Dungy said that when there was overhaul with the Colts receiver room, the year that they made Anthony Gonzalez a first-round draft pick, Peyton Manning got in his car and drove from Indianapolis to Columbus every weekend to throw with Anthony Gonzalez. I mean, Rodgers didn't show up for the off-season program, other than the mandatory minicamp. He didn't gather with his new receivers. He just showed up at training camp and expected it all to work, and it's not working. So I think Rodgers, because of that, the football reason, Brady, obviously all the personal turmoil, and should he have just stayed retired? Was he trying to get to Miami, whatever the case may be? But I think both guys are regretting it. I think it's amazing, Rich, this week we get to see both of them in prime time. We'll see Brady Thursday night. We'll see Rodgers Sunday night. We'll really get an idea of, of whether and to what extent they've fallen off. Well, I mean, Brady's at home against the Ravens. And Rodgers is in Western New York against the Bills coming off a bye week. And even he said after yesterday's game that they, you know, he, he, he kind of used the, uh, the the answer when he was asked, can you guys go on a run? Do you still have the team that can go on a run? Um, he, he, he gave the, uh, the Jack Nicholson answer when asked if he pulled the code red in A Few Good Men. He said, you're GD right, we can, you know. And See, I thought that was more Heisenberg. <laughs> it right? could have been that. I, yeah. I I don't know why I don't know why I went Colonel Jessup. I went straight, I went straight to Heisenberg. There's that gif of of uh, yeah, you're, you're, right. when he was asked, "Are you Heisenberg?" Yeah, you're GD right. Yeah, that's right. So is he Heisenberg? Is the question? You know, I mean, <laughs> well, he is selling ayahuasca in Albuquerque, so you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, but that, that's but but at least Brady has a piece of the division. You know, Brady has a piece of the division. I, I'm wondering if Gronk is even sitting here right now saying, "I don't." You know, I might have taken the call, uh, but if they've dropped to three and five, and then after that game, if they lose, uh, Tampa has a home date with the Rams before I get a chance to call their game in Germany with the rest of my NFL Network crew against Seattle. This is, I, I mean, but I look at the rest of the division, I don't see who can win games to overtake them. I just well, don't see it. That's that's the reality. All of the teams are under five hundred right now. Mm-hmm. The Panthers, if they beat the Falcons this weekend, will be 3-0 and in the division, 0-5 out of the division. This is like the NFC East of a couple of years ago, where they all sink to the bottom, and somebody's going to win it, and somebody's going to host a playoff game. And, you know, the thing about both Rodgers and Brady, number one, they're not done. There's a long way to go. And at some point, they can figure it out between now and the end of the regular season. And also, they can be very dangerous if they get into the playoffs and have to go on the road. The Bucks did that two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. They went on the road three times, won three games, and off they went. Now, again, they may win the division, so they wouldn't have to go on the road all three times. And the one time Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, Rich, 2010, on the road, all three games, and then won the Super Bowl. I think, and Sims and I have been talking about this on PFT Live, Chris Sims, not Phil, I've been thinking that the Packers, when they're the one seed, they seize up in one of those playoff games. they got too much to lose. The expectations are too high. You go into the playoffs, skinnier teeth, seven seed, six seed, different vibe, nothing to lose. Let's go take our chances and air it out. And I think that's the mindset Rodgers needs in the postseason to be as successful as he needs to be, not worrying about 
well, we've gotten this far, we've made ourselves the one seed, and we're going to squander it in three hours on a Saturday night at home against the 49ers. So they're not done. And wouldn't it be a great setup if they get us to write them off and they both end up standing tall when the postseason rolls around? Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show, host, uh, co-host of PFT Live and also the founder of Pro Football Talk right here on the Rich Eisen Show. How is the trade deadline shaping up? It's, uh, it's a week from Tuesday. And obviously, Green Bay would love a receiver. Obviously, Tampa would love a receiver. Odell Beckham looms out there as a potential saving grace for somebody who needs some help at that position. What are you hearing ear to the ground well, on this front right now? And here's the key, Rich. And this is one of those, I mean, I've been doing this over 20 years now. And different weeks, different months, different points of the schedule bring back the same talking points. And as we get closer to the trade deadline, it's important to remember it doesn't close until after week eight. And things can change dramatically for teams as we even get to week eight. A team that wins week eight has a different vibe, a different feel, a different overall attitude than the team that loses week eight, whether it's a contender that wins or loses or a potential fire sale candidate that wins or loses. Who's really out of it right now? We thought the Panthers were. They moved Christian McCaffrey. Well, they're not really out of it. The Broncos, I'm told if they lose to the Jaguars in London this weekend in a battle of two and five teams, Bradley Chubb is likely to be gone by Tuesday. He's in the last year of his contract, just like Von Miller last year. Let's just move on, Mm. get something now. But if they beat the Jaguars, then things change. There's a huge difference. You know, even though teams are fairly bunched together, for a lot of these games, like three and four versus two and five, that's a huge difference. Three and five versus two and six, huge difference. And, and so we really won't know buyers, sellers until we get there. Now, obviously, the McCaffrey deal's already happened, but um, as we get through this week, you know, yeah, I mean, from the Packers' standpoint, if they get blown off the field by the Bills, does it really matter to them to give up future assets to go – get a receiver, or do they become a team that potentially starts looking for guys they can trade off? Imagine that. The Packers is sellers at the trade deadline. But if they, if they lose in like a statement game, changing the guard type of 45-3 to three outcome on Sunday night, who knows what their mindset is Monday and then up until 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. I don't know. For Green Bay, if they, if they trade people away because they get blown out with a, a, a visit to Detroit right after that, I don't know if there's enough ayahuasca in the world for Aaron Rodgers <laughs> to not storm the front office to say what the hell's happening, you know, because his, his window is definitely closing. And then that makes a big Week 8 game for Cleveland against Cincinnati, right? I mean, if Cleveland falls to 2-6, and six, could they be sellers? as well? What do you think? Well, they, they, they could be, but you know, they play Monday night, so they got limited time to get those deals done if they decide that now's the time to try to flip some of these assets. And it is complicated. What can we get for these players? How, how coy should we be? We mm. saw the report from yesterday that the Panthers said no to a pair of first-round picks for Brian Burns, and they regard Burns and I, know. I, saw, I, saw, I saw what you said about that too, Mike. I, I, I thought I agreed with you. I thought that sounded like, hey, we're not tanking here. We, we, we said no to all these guys, and it, they offered us more for this guy right. than the one that we just traded away. And, like, and uh, we're not giving guys away. I mean, right. every player's got a price. This is something that we've got on our list to discuss this week. I've done this before on PFT Live where we identify the players that are truly untradeable right now. And I'm having a hard time adding to the list beyond Josh Allen 
and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Players for whom you would just ne- <laughs> you would say no to whatever the offer is. Yeah. Beyond Mahomes and Allen, I don't know that there's many. Aaron Donald right now is getting toward the twilight of his career. He used to be on that list. There was a time when Russell Wilson was on that list. Now he's untradeable for different reasons altogether. So I... I, I'm talking about good untradeable, not no, we don't want that contract untradeable. Allen's and Mahomes. Beyond that, I think anyone's fair game and any of those guys on the Panthers are fair game. I just think David Tepper doesn't want to give guys away for nothing. I get, say the name you just said, TJ. This is not a bad one right there. Go Mike, ahead. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons not a bad one. I don't think Dallas is any, any, any figure on that one at all for Dallas. I agree, but, you know, and this is where the That's exercise can become a little rigged. Would they trade him for Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> yes, they would. TJ? Those <laughs> <laughs> guys aren't tradable. Mic's off. You're, suddenly your mic's not working, huh? <laughs> Fantastic. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. I also, you know, you mentioned the Broncos, uh, if they lose in Jacksonville. I saw a post of yours prior to you coming on here. Is the, is the seat that hot for Nathaniel Hackett already? Uh, I know it's been a brutal start for Denver going into London and, and coaches, there have been many that, uh, you know, needed to get their own flight home from there. Uh, what do you think on that? Well, what I know is they have a group of owners who did not hire Nathaniel Hackett. And the Walmart crowd, they are smart, they are rich, and they are ruthless. And I mean that in the most positive way the word ruthless can ever be used. They are not going to make anything other than a calculated strategic business decision about what to do with Nathaniel Hackett. And, you know, one of the things that I've heard from people I respect in the league, the idea of compounding mistakes by not admitting them and acting on them. Hey, we've made a mistake here. What do we do? Well, let's double down on it so we don't look bad, so we don't have to admit that we made a mistake. The smartest and the most properly functioning football teams will, the moment they acknowledge making a mistake, set about the process of rectifying it. And I think if they would lose to the Jaguars on Sunday, they really have to ask themselves, is Nathaniel Hackett a guy that can develop into a great head coach? Or have we seen enough to know that He's the latest in, and I've got a chapter in Playmakers that gets into this. It's basically the Peter Principle, and, and that started his satire in the late 60s. The concept is we all raised a, uh, rise to the level of our own incompetence, and you get, keep getting promoted and promoted until you get into a job you don't get promoted out of because you're not any good at it. And we've seen Brad Childress. We've seen North Turner. We've seen Wade Phillips. I mean, Turner and Phillips over and over again do so well as coordinators. They become coaches, and then they lose that job. If you've just gotten to the conclusion that, that Hackett can't do it, then why, why wait? Why, why not give E.J. Everett a chance to see if he can stabilize the team, make it all about defense, simplify and streamline the offense, and see if you can kind of create a Seattle vibe from 10 years ago all over again in Denver, because that's probably what it's going to take to get any real value out of Russell Wilson. So I think they have to be thinking about it, and I think we have to understand that these folks are not going to take any options off the table, and they've got no loyalty to anyone who was working in that building the moment that they got the keys to the car. And, and I, we've already seen enough. I mean, he seems overmatched, and the customers, the paying customers, would love it 
if if new ownership would make that move. So I'm I'm paying very careful attention to that game next Sunday morning. And then of course, you know, last one for you, Sean Payton looms over everything when it comes to anybody who's looking for a coach. You know, uh, our friend and colleague Jay Glazer, who is really the Sean Payton whisperer, went on Fox Sports Radio this week and essentially said the words to Carol, hey Carolina fans, he's not going to be your next head coach. So he would obviously know that. What is Sean Payton's uh, gambit? What do you think his game is here? Like, where, what do you think he's looking at? In your I estimation? think it would be attractive to the Panthers if they had the first overall pick and they didn't have to give up a lot to the Saints to get him. I just can't imagine the Saints right. letting him go. Right. I think Sean Payton's going to want to go, and we've seen enough leaks about this. You want to go to a place where you have a great quarterback or an immediate path to a great quarterback where you have real control, and he's going to want. Twenty twenty-five million a year. Wow. The Chargers make it, and 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 he deserves every penny of it. The mm. Chargers make a ton of sense. Would Dean Spanos pay him what he wants? And here's the real question: Would Sean Payton take less than what he could get to go somewhere else in order to work with Justin Herbert? Because really, behind Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, number three right now. I mean, I'd say Justin Herbert, but like his current play, like, is it him or is it horrendous? play calling and play design. I don't know. We've seen raw skill from Justin Herbert that I think would fascinate Sean Payton. So, Chargers, uh, people say the Broncos, but Russell Wilson is diminished physically. He doesn't run like he used to. I don't think he can do the things he used to do. I don't think that's attractive to Sean Payton. I'm fascinated by the possibility of Sean Payton with Kyler Murray, although, you know, the questions about the study rule and you know, is Murray really going to be all in? And maybe Peyton could convince him. Maybe he's the one who gets through to him as he as he ages and matures that he's got to give his life over to this if he wants to be as good as he can be. But I think quarterback is going to be a key, either a franchise quarterback or a clear path to one. That's what's going to attract Sean Peyton. Mike Florio, greatly appreciate the time. Look for more of my calls, man. Miss chatting with you. Appreciate right, you doing thanks, it. Thanks, Right back you. at you. At Pro Football Talk right here. I just don't know if Arizona, which – just sign Cliff Kingsbury, would pay dead money and pay the, what Peyton's looking for and also send draft choices to go get him. Chargers would make sense if, they're, if, if they look at Brandon Staley and say this isn't working out. And they lost again yesterday in a game at home. Also just weird play calling, like Seattle's near the bottom in, in run defense and they only ran it 12 times. I don't... They, it is weird sometimes watching that team. Yeah, it's really weird. It just looks off kilter and then the mistakes happen mike williams got hurt yesterday again gerald ever too yeah. man 844-204-RICH number to dial but folks have been on hold guess what we're going to take your calls overreaction monday also and <sighs> the news that just came out of jets camp we'll talk about that when we come back on the rich eisen show Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed When you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you're opening up more than just doors. You're unlocking potential, the potential to do your own thing and be your own boss, steer your own success, blaze your own trail. Each and every Sprinter van is built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal you set to help you follow your own passions and reawaken that spirit of adventure and check all those big, bold, fun, and exciting experiences right off your bucket list. Owning a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van lets you live, work, and play out your dreams no matter how far off the beaten path they're going to take you. And with 16 body types, your choice of a gas or diesel engine, and thousands of ways to customize, a Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to make sure that you can drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them. So now's the time to discover what it is that moves you most. Don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. All rise. First in, first up is Terzo in Iowa. How you doing, Terzo? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, brother? Hey, Rich. I got a couple things for you here. I'm going to hit on the NFL for a second, that game with the Niners and Chiefs. I think Chris Long actually put it well. As it just feels like every time Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception, um, it's something that we just can't come back from. Whereas, like, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, like, if they throw an interception or do something, you always feel like you have a chance. But with Garoppolo, sometimes it just feels like the hole just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Well, it's just, again, you're, you're, you see on occasion, and I think you're going to see over the next several weeks why Jimmy Garoppolo works in this system. I think the 49ers are just just like last year showing you the inconsistencies that makes you think they're not going to do it this year or Brockman loves pounding the table for Shanahan's job, right? Um, I was going to say something about that. No, but last year, last year, you remember, they took on the Rams uh, in the middle of the season, and then they started going on a run that ended when the Rams finally beat them. And next week, they've got the Rams coming off a bye. It's in Los Angeles. I have a feeling they're going to start feeling their oats again, and McCaffrey's going to start getting getting his reps. And I think everything's going to be all right for San Francisco but there are times when you see Garoppolo do things and that makes you just get really frustrated, and that's exactly why the Niners wanted to move on from him and say, we've seen enough, let's go get this young kid and let's go. And um, 
unfortunately, you're not going to see Lance till next year. So that's that's the lot you got for the 49ers, which, by the way, is better than most lots in the NFL. So we have one of the we, we have one of the most talented rosters on you know uh, on paper, and yep. and I'm ex- I'm still excited, but we do have to run the table for me to win my. Uh, thirteen and four. Ah, at this point. Yes, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna make it there. I don't think you've got ten straight wins left in you. I, I agree with you. Also, also, I, I do feel bad for Brees Hall, man. Like, I I'm a huge fan of him. Thank you. Um, I watched him all at Saying Iowa that? State, man. Like, it, my heart goes out to that kid. He was he's a heck of a player. Terzo, thanks for the call. That's Terzo and Iowa right hey, here buddy. on the Rich Eisen Show. Last week, when the Jets punked the Packers in Green Bay on the field. And then after the game with the cheese head on their head and all that business with the sauce Williams, I mean, sauce Gardner doing that. Uh, I came on the air here and I told jets fans, just sit back and enjoy the ride. Just sit back, enjoy the ride because the last 50 years are over. The last 50 years are over. These kids don't know about what we jet fans carry around every day which is the emotional scars of being let down and the absolute physical scars of getting kicked in the balls by the football gods all the time. And I said what I just said. And part of me, when I, little part of me, when I came on the air and I'm like, hey, Jet fans, follow my lead here. Just sit back and enjoy the flight. Put your trade tables up and enjoy the flight. Take I thought to myself, a little bit, what are you saying this for? Because you know what's coming. You know what's coming. Wow. So, be that as it may, yesterday in Denver, Brees Hall, the young rookie running back who has been dynamite, mm-hmm. generationally Dynamite. Fourth most yards from scrimmage by a Jet in the first six-plus games of a season. Coming in. Runs one in from 60-plus yards out against Denver. This is when the quarterback, Zach Wilson, is having trouble, which he is. And he's against a terrific defense in Denver, which they have. And they also don't have a receiver in Elijah Moore. Because they left him home. Because he doesn't like what's coming his way. He's not targeted enough. Not doing enough. And Robert Sala's trying to create his own culture there. And here comes Brees Hall. Touchdown. And I tweeted out, even though I thought to myself, don't hit send, Rich. Don't do it. Oh, no. I must say that Brees Hall is one of my favorite New York Jets in a very, very long time. I capitalized the second very. And he is. Is. Go about my business. Take my son Zan to the mall. Susie's got coop. Taylor's occupied. I ran out for 30 minutes. Get a text from Chris Brockman. Oh, yeah. Brees Hall's been carted off. I wrote you back. What? That's all I wrote was what? Carted off. And the news is official today. Torn ACL. We are not allowed, apparently. Not allowed apparently, as Jet fans, to have very nice things. Now then.
They're five and two, and they still won the game yesterday, even though, by the way, they lost their best offensive lineman too. Elijah Vera Tucker went out with an elbow, and I'm waiting to hear if it's dislocated or he needs to have it friggin' sur- uh, surgically repaired. Corey Davis went out too. They still won the game. They're five and two. But of course, just getting set to take on the Bills, Belichick and Buffalo. Brees Hall's done for the year. Their difference maker at the running back. They had a difference maker at that spot, and he's taken away. So now I gotta go back and I gotta I gotta I gotta meditate. I gotta meditate. Because it happened again. For five the Jets are five and two. They're five and two. They're the same number of wins as the Bills. Okay? It's unbelievable what they're doing. Defensively, they look terrific. But who's, who's the next one to go down? Huh? D- do I need to make a sacrifice? Should I do it here on the program? I don't know. What, I, what should well, I do? What, should I, I mean, take like a piece of my Wesley Walker jersey that I had in Camp Loconda, take a swatch of that, put it in, put it in something? What else do I got to do? Like Namus fur coat? No, no. I mean, or, uh, that's too valuable. I mean, just what, what, what do I got to do here? What do oh, I have to do? I lock it. A lock of Gastineau's hair. What do well, I have maybe, to do? Good you one. know. Good one. Uh, um, let's see. Um, and I know other teams are having guys carted off. DK Metcalf got carted off yesterday. And unfortunately for him, it wasn't because he had to go to the bathroom. No you surgery know, for DK. He's going to apparently avoid surgery. Hey, there you go. Well, how could he have surgery? You mean to tell me there's a knife that could cut that skin? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Not allowed to have nice things. So Brees Hall's done for the year. That sucks. Yeah, it does. It does, because he was a star in the making, and the Jets had a star in the making at the running back spot. And he was doing things that we haven't seen at that spot since Curtis Martin was doing it, and maybe LaDainian Tomlinson a little bit after that for a brief bit that we had him in the autumn of his football years. You have any faith in Michael Carter? Because I, I do, think but he's not, a baller. But he, he, was was good baller. Last year, man. he is he a baller, nice. but he, has, he, he is not looking like Brees Hall. No. Home run hitter Home all run over hitter. the place. Yeah. And a matchup problem. Shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have said what I said last week. I blame myself. <laughs> I blame myself. Happened again. I mean, anytime you just think that something's different. All right. Take one more phone call and we'll get to overreaction Monday. Maybe yeah. I've overreacted a little yeah. bit. I don't know. Ron in Denver, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Ron? Hey, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. What's up, brother? Uh, I wanted to uh, apologize to you because I've been writing you all season about telling Broncos country to uh, wait and see. And I think uh, we found out that you obviously were correct. Uh, we all jumped the gun thinking we were going to be – Awesome right away, and we have not been awesome. Uh, the ride has stopped currently. So, uh, yeah, I'm a season ticket holder. It's been rough. Congrats to your Jets. I'm sorry about Brees Hall. That's a bummer. I uh, was at the game. I saw it. Didn't look great. I was hoping he was okay. Um, but yeah, man, you were right. So I know you like hearing that you were right. You were. Right. Ah, I appreciate and, uh, it. But I, 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 you know, at the same time, that was hand in hand with my other uh, take about the AFC West is that the Raiders were going to win the division, and that ain't happening right now. I mean, the Chiefs are the, the Chiefs would have to go. Uh, on a losing streak that that oh, I don't think we've seen them go on for years. So that that ain't happening. But I appreciate you calling to say I'm right. Thank you for the call, Ron. I appreciate anybody who anybody eight four four two zero four H never to dial for anybody who wants to call in to say I was right. <laughs> oh boy. And it, by the way, it doesn't. 
You don't want to be right about this one. All right, I'm just going to say it. The hell, you love it when I say it. I mean, with, with your chest, Rich, with your I chest. Also, you know what? Can every other network spare me the commentary about the Jets situation from everybody who couldn't get it done when they were there? Please. You mean, I don't want to hear it from anybody oh, you mean who used coaches. to uh, and oh. coach. All right, I'm going to stop it because I do like some of these people. <laughs> I'm in an ornery mood, and they're five and two. Well, tag Brockman in; he'll finish it for you. They're five and two. No, just wait a second. <laughs> All right, it's a Monday. Hit it! Hit it! Hit it! Hit it! Hit it! That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction. Mondays. Monday. What do you have over there, Christopher? Hey guys, how's Hello. everybody feeling today? Great. Love you guys. Let's get after it. All right. Uh, no other way to say this one, but uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are just no longer elite quarterbacks. I will push back on that and say that's an overreaction, that they're not elite quarterbacks. They are still the kings of knowing what the hell's coming in their direction pre-snap in a way that few other quarterbacks know how to do. Yeah, but they physically can't do it anymore. I don't agree with it. Run, down, seen, run down the list. Who, you've seen the Who throws. would you take these guys over right I know now. we could do that whole, whole who would you take over them type stuff right now. But you've seen Brady make the throws and you know Rodgers could still make the throws and you know pre-snap neck up that they're still, you know, otherworldly when it comes to that. There are just many other things that are happening right now in their worlds and they are part of what's happening in their worlds and they are definitely not making throws that they're used to making and they definitely don't have the same protection for Brady and weapons for Rodgers. So I will push back and call that an overreaction. Sir, what else? Eh, all right. I am with you on this one, Rich. You kind of mentioned it earlier. You teased it. I didn't want you to give my takeaway, but okay. uh, Joe Burrow needs to be in the MVP discussion. Um, I still, yeah. I mean, when you say discussion, it's like what? Like he's in the mix. He's in the mix and has to beat Josh Allen in order to surpass, right? Yeah, I think Allen's clear number one, and then I think the rest two, three, and four, those finalists, quote unquote, I think are in the air. And I think Joey Burrow, the way he's played the last couple weeks, holy crap, he's balling out. He is, and has been the difference maker for for the team, certainly in New Orleans. Uh, you knew he wasn't losing that game in the Superdome. And well, when you show up wearing and Chase's gamer, I know. And then, <laughs> and then against Atlanta, when Atlanta had AJ Terrell down, and you knew, you know, they were susceptible on the back end. I mean, Burroughs ran one in two straight weeks as well, 400 yards plus yesterday. Yeah, of course, yeah. you could put him in the MVP race, but again. Uh, I, this is Josh Allen's world. We're all rent payers in it, and that so. will make Cincinnati's game and visit to Buffalo on the final Monday night of the season, Week 17, potentially worth all of that. But they got to stay within a bit more hailing distance and hope the Bills get tripped up along the way, maybe in division once. I don't know who else is going to go get them. I mean, they, they visit Detroit. They visit Chicago. They have the Jets twice, minus Brees friggin' Hall. They play. Uh, they they host. Uh, they host Cleveland in Brissett's final start for the Browns. You know, and again, that's where Burrow will have to have a better record and beat the Bills and be the one seed for him to snake that MVP from him in the back two games of the season throw that out there for you discussion but in the discussion, discussion. absolutely along with if i may throw obviously patrick mahomes yeah and also jalen hurts yeah. and you got to throw saquon in that mix 
You must throw Saquon Barkley in that mix. 1,000%. What else, Chris? Eh, I disagree. That's okay. okay. Uh, TJ, this is for you, and hey. I understand this is hot. You mentioned the Giants, Rich. They won again. Eagles, obviously, undefeated. But with Dak back, I love the Cowboys. Going to win the NFC East. False. That's an overreaction. The Eagles are the best team in that division. They already have a game on Dallas. False. False. That is an overreaction. Dallas has, Dallas has a game on the Giants. I'll won take the head it right now. Who wants to take it? You want to take it? TJ, you're the big cowboy honk here. You want to take it? I mean, what's the bet? Just uh, a, a just like everything else a, a, around here. A dollar Randolph and Mortimer. Sure. Yeah. Randolph and you Mortimer. You got it. 1,000%. Yes. Thank you. Looked yes. a little more crisp. The defense. Okay. Got it. Eagles can't stay hot forever. Understood. I, and I trust you to actually pay up. Got it. Wow. <laughs> what else, Chris? How about the Cowboys? Yeah, Kenny Pickett hey, already has a professional football win. You know, Trubisky kind of closed it like Rivera, but uh, I got it. He still haven't. He still hasn't paid you. What else, Chris? From draft day, all hail the twelves. Okay, I said they were going to be in the running for the top overall pick yes, next year. I, I, completely wrong. I missed it. I get it. All hail my Lord and Savior, Kenneth Walker the third. He I, is going to be a bigger factor in this NFC West than CMC down the stretch. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I don't think that's an overreaction at all. And I know that what he did yesterday was terrific and an eye-opener for a lot of people. But everybody who uh, goes to school in the Big Ten and certainly Ann Arbor, Michigan, knows. It was funny yesterday because I was, you know, uh, in danger. I had a, I have Burrow in fantasy mm-hmm. in my poker league, and I almost, you know, I had a sweat last night. I had a sweat Raheem Mostert last night because yeah. the guy I'm going against, the kids I'm going against have um, Kenneth Walker. Oh, yeah. And I look at Coop, and I say to Coop, I'm like, I'm in danger because Walker had the game of his life today. And I said, well, actually, the game of his life happened against Michigan last year. <laughs> that is true. not an outside a liar. True. That kid's really good. He's really good. And uh, I agree with you. He, awesome. he he will have a say in whether the Seahawks win or lose in the same way McCaffrey might not even have as much of a, an effect on, on his team. Yeah, I like that one, Chris. I'll agree with that one. I'll nice, say that's not an nice, overreaction. Nice. I don't know if you're going to like this one, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, look, the Jets are hot, but Zach Wilson is holding them back offensively. Um. Well, holding them back meaning what? Like they're they're means they could be well, better if they, if they could be better with Flacco. Oh, he can't throw the Zach Wilson can't throw the ball. Um, can they be better now with Flacco? Maybe they got to they they have to they have to. This is what you do when you draft somebody is you go through the growing pains. I understand. This I, is I mean, what the look. Niners tried to avoid last year with. With Trey Lance and, and and hoped to avoid this year and already went through in that first week game in Chicago, you know, in the rain. Yeah, you're going to go through all these things, but they're good enough defensively and had enough of an offense from Brees Hall to win three in a row despite him not throwing a touchdown pass. It does concern me. It does concern me now that Hall is done for the season that Zach Wilson is going to have to do more than he's capable of right now, and that's kind of dangerous because he's doing crazy stuff like throwing back across the middle instead of just throwing it away. I know. He does a lot (laughs) of crazy-ass stuff. So um, I I will say he's not holding them back because they're winning games, but we'll find out because he's going to have to do it without Hall against the two Bills, Belichick and Buffalo, next at home. They should at least try to split those. What else, Chris? Carson Wentz has played his last down as the commander's quarterback. I kind of agree with you. 
Well, I mean, yeah. There, he doesn't have any, if you will, skin in the game there in D.C. And the coach already stared down a, a, a reporter when asked the difference between their team and the rest of the division that was doing so well. And he said quarterback. And then he tried to backtrack and then a mea culpa and then barked at the uh, media after they won a game on a dreadful Thursday night to try and, you know, cover whatever tracks he was covering. But I think he told you the way he feels about Wentz. And Heineke, you know, just won that game. And next up, by the way, at Indianapolis. How wild is that going to be? Can't wait to see Dan Snyder sitting in the porta potties outside. Yeah. And then you got the home game for Minnesota. And then um, their, their, their next game is at Philadelphia on a Monday night. So Heineke might, if he went, yeah, man, by the time they come back, if they go three and one, two and two, are they going to turn back to Wentz just because? I, I, barring injury, I, I, I'd, I'd say that's, uh, that's in the realm. I don't think we're overreacting there. All right, last one. Yep. They did get a win yesterday, but it wasn't pretty. Lamar Jackson's contract gamble on himself currently coming up crap. I disagree. I disagree. Coming up, crap. He's not been good the last few weeks. Okay, I got it. I see you. I hear you. I hear you. But when he hits the open market next year, that won't happen because the the Ravens will make sure he's fine and paid. And well, he's, if he starts being paid, tried and he doesn't want it. Hey, do, would you like to be paid like Kirk Cousins or would you not? Yes, the answer is yes. If he's going to take the Kirk Cousins route and suddenly start making more money than uh, Otani and, and Judge combined, yeah, man. He's fine. I'll say that's an overreaction. It's not coming up craps for him. Coming up craps would mean that he either can't make it or he gets so damn hurt he doesn't have the security. And right now he's healthy. I would proffer to say that uh, Brady's going to be a home dog for the first time in forever this weekend. Good question. So I would say that's fine. He's going to be fine. He will be paid and he will be generationally enriched for the rest of his life. I think he's gambled just fine. The Ravens aren't doing as well as you thought, but... Still in first. They are. Because they beat the Bengals a couple weeks ago. That's overreaction Monday. Well done. And and scene. And scene. You can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports sponsored by AutoZone. Uh, I have a feeling we might be piloting a segment next segment. I don't know... um, if uh, you agree, we'll see how it goes. The segment's called I Don't Get It. <laughs> a lot going on in the NFL I just don't get. I don't, I don't get, get it. it. Yeah. That's coming up next. 844-204-RICH is also the number for you to dial. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio show. We're all one big happy family with our viewers on Roku and, um, and the listeners on Odyssey and Sirius XM. Hey, look. Um, hey. Uh, our, your guy, Kenny Pickett, he had a higher register performance last night. KP8. Against Miami. Hey, that guy could make some moves. He could make yeah, some throws. He hey, can, he can make George throws. Pickens is catching balls from him, huh? But an, another like, crazy-ass sidewinding catch from him. Hey, how about how about the Steelers? You know, I mean, all they had to do was just catch all those balls that Tua put up in the air for them to intercept. And Dolphins made their interceptions and the Steelers didn't. And that's what Tomlin said was a difference in, in the game. You know, catch here, catch there, pick there, pick there, and pick it is a winner. It was a higher register game last night. That was right? ripe for the taking, though. The Steelers. Well, yeah, they part, of the, reason, that, part of the reason why I was ripe for the taking is I don't get it. What don't you get? Rich? And I love Mike McDaniel, but it is wild to me that with eight forty-three to go in the third quarter, it's fourth and three at the Pittsburgh fourteen, and they're up sixteen ten. And you're seeing this is before Pickett was winging it around and feeling comfortable completely. Kick the field goal. Go up by nine. Yeah. So the other team's got to score twice. And if your defense is playing well enough and you've got Raheem Mostert going well enough, maybe you could make sure that they only get, what, three, four possessions the rest of the night. They need two to win. Kick it. No, they ran it with Chase Edmonds. And then those three points, man, they they could have used them the rest of the night. It was Mike McDaniel after the game. At least, uh, ask you know, ask him what, what, what were you thinking? I have um, um, a couple um, guys within analytics that are in my ear, you know, in all those types of situations. Um, in this situation, they they did not advise me to to kick it. I mean, to go for it. Um, so. You know, there's plenty of decisions that are made that, you know, it's a balancing act. You take uh, the statistical, um, you know, percentage chance, which is what they're evaluating. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think it was a fourth and I think the scoreboard might have said three. Um, I think it was like a long two and a half, but it's one of those that if it's fourth and two, they're, they're a lot more supportive. Fourth and three, they get, you know, the, the percentages go way down. Um, but that was something that I do pretty much every game where you're, you're balancing that um, with the momentum of the game and, and where we're at. And I felt um, really confident that, uh, um, that we'd be able to convert. Obviously, we didn't. That's why it's an entire team um, function and uh, job to win a football game. And they came, uh, the defense came through, and we didn't turn the ball over. Um, so we ended up on the winning side. Good for him to say he went for his gut. Well, gut, not not analytics. That's like a rarity, that. but I still don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get the gut. Just go up. It just seems like nobody wants to go for three anymore. It's just, it, it does look like coaches in the NFL are playing like it's a video game. Nobody wants to punt. Nobody wants to just kick three and just be boring and just keep adding to your lead. Just keep adding. 
if you and the whole idea is like you know we have the defense. I I I went for it because I knew the defense would actually, you know, I trusted the defense. If you trust the defense, then give them more points to protect. Right. Am I wrong? Otherwise, I don't get it. Another one. If Doug Peterson was in Philadelphia and not Northern Florida, with all due respect to our friends in Duval County, I mean, this is the sort of stuff that would light up phone lines for days. (laughs) Taking on the Giants, a 12-plate, 60-yard drive that winds up on a fourth and one with a minute and 30 to go in the fourth quarter. And they snuck it up 17-13. Take the three, and if the Giants score a touchdown, then you're telling Dayball, all right, you go for two again. Just like you did in week one. Let's see if you'll do it again on the road, Brian. Put the pressure on him. And they didn't get it. Giants next drive. Right down the field. And guess what? We're still talking about what a wild finish that ended on the one-half yard line, right? It was just like, you know, Rams and Titans in the Super Bowl, except it was a week seven regular season game between the Giants and the Jaguars. Oh, man, just wound up right right there, and the Giants escaped with the skin of their teeth. Well, Jacksonville could have just kicked a field goal to send it in overtime. Those are three points, man, that you would think – Three points that you would think would be helpful, but no. It's just like nobody wants to take field goals anymore. I guess they're too boring. They're too boring. Is that what it is? Yeah, three points is three points. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eyes Show. I don't know if we've just made a new segment called uh, I Don't Get It. I like it. Because it's just like all I got to do is just watch a Chargers game, and I'll <laughs> come up with three three of them. I don't get it. What are you doing with Justin Herbert? What are you doing, what are you doing not punting? Yeah. What are you doing kicking it here? I don't get it. Matt Judon of New England and apparently breaking news out of Indianapolis when we come back. Rich, can we extend the I don't get it to the NBA? How about this one? Russell Westbrook last night, one point on top of the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's dribbling up. His teammates are all coming, you know, just jogging up the floor because there's 20 seconds left on the shot clock. They're up by one, 30 seconds left in the game. And he hoists one. Nobody's underneath the basket. Of course he missed it. I mean, if you take the shot clock down and then you're one offensive rebound away from just wrapping it up. I don't get it. They're 0-3. Here's what I don't get. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got Victor Wembanyama, looming very largely, oh, seven yeah. foot five inches, four inches. Yeah, you know, looming right there. And and Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz have decided they were going to clean house. You know, yeah. like you donate all your old clothes and clean out the <laughs> cupboard. You know, take out the trash and do all that stuff to to make room. Yeah. for this for this tr- prized treasure. And yet the guys on the team apparently aren't getting the memo. They don't know that they're not supposed to be winning these games. And now the Jazz are three and zero. Oh, and I, I got to be honest, I just don't get it. I don't. What do you do? Somebody didn't. Get, I guess Kelly Olynyk didn't get the memo, and he threw one up in the middle of the paint, and somehow. Made it through the bucket I mean, in overtime. And Zion and Brandon Ingram are out. What are they doing? I don't get it. Lori Markanen, did you not get the, the, the memo, bro?